Welcome back to the Mile High Flight Show. And for the second part of today's episode, let's talk about UFC 273. You ready for this, Enrique? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I, although I always love talking about the NFL with you, I was stoked to talk about this card with you. The recap, oh, was just, oh yeah, just cannot wait. Absolutely. And uh, we watched this together. It was a heck of a card. There were some really nice fights on there. Some things that didn't go the way that we necessarily expected and some things that did go the way they expected. Um, so we can go ahead and start off with the uh, final fight of the card, Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. And Volkanovsky uh, winning by stoppage in the fourth round and just dominated with his striking. Uh, I mean, you know, Volkanovsky, it was, I think it was the expectation that he was going to win. Um, but I really genuinely thought that Korean Zombie was going to make it competitive. And unfortunately, he, apart from the fact that he stayed in there, which is, uh, you know, honorable in itself, uh, and the fact that he didn't even go down, uh, he was just brutalized and his face was completely reddened and destroyed uh, by that fourth round. Uh, but he was still up, true to his name, the Korean Zombie. Um, but it, Volk was just too much. He was too fast. Uh, he was too strong. And, yeah, he just dominated. Yeah, I think um, I think there's very few times that you can clearly see where a guy's just on a different level. And, yeah. um, you know, no offense to the Korean Zombie because the Korean Zombie's, you know, one of my, like, top ten favorite fighters ever. Um, Volk was just a different level in there. Like, just – from from right off the bat, Volk was at a different speed than the Korean Zombie. He was in and out, um, hitting him with stuff before the Korean Zombie could even react. Um, Volk was just very fast, very strong the entire the entire time, and um, it seemed as as the fight progressed, Volk uh, Volk got stronger and stronger and more more and more confident. Um, and the Korean Zombie literally had no answers. Uh, there was a few moments in the fight where the Korean Zombie was able to get a few counter punches. Um, but very, very minimal, uh, you know, return fire from the Korean zombie, which was unfortunate because like we talked about on the pre-show um, for UFC 273, um, we thought that, you know, it, it was going to be a bit of a closer fight. We ultimately both picked uh, Volkanovski to win, but we both said like, hey, like it could be really fun if the Korean zombie comes out and knocks him out, like, but there was there was just no denying uh, that Alexander Volkanovsky lived up to his nickname, uh, and he was he was truly great uh, that night because yeah he put it on the Korean Zombie from beginning to end just thir very thorough domination of uh, a, the the top contender um, besides Max Holloway and um, you know leading Volk to question whether he's going to stay at 145 and get the three-peat with Max or if he's going to move up to 155 and um, potentially seek a second belt and um, seek to fight the winner of the Justin Gaethje and uh, Charles Oliveira uh, fight. Um, yeah, which is – you already know. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know as much as I do because we're both huge Justin Gaethje fans, uh, how big that card is for us. Um, so let alone thinking of a Justin Gaethje, Alexander Volkanovsky fight for a time. It was just ridiculous. And I, I, well, to be honest with you, I, I was kind of skeptical about the thought of Volk moving up into that, but 
watching him versus the Korean zombie, like you mentioned in that weight class, he just looked better, like just a different level. And I really do think that he's the type of athlete that could translate uh, and gain some weight there. And like, yeah, that's, it just mouthwatering to think about um, especially Ga- Justin Gaethje in particular. Oliveira would be a great fight as well, but I think uh, Volkanovski versus uh, Gaethje because of the way that they fight individually. Um, and because uh, I think that like, that would almost like be something where like Gaethje would have to, <laughs> he's kind of matured and been more um, like earlier in his career, he was more just guns blazing and just going at it and not doing a lot of blocking and saving himself those strikes and letting himself get hit um, just to be able to, you know, really put in those power punches um, and like, I guess not run away or whatever, but um, he's kind of grown as a fighter in, especially his last few fights where he's learned to, you know, and you kind of need to, when you're uh, nearing the top of the UFC, it becomes less of a, just trying to knock somebody out as fast as possible and more of because number one when you get to the championship you need to be able to survive 25 minutes instead of 15 but then on top of that um the level of fighter you're not gonna knock this guy out in a couple hits and so you have to survive yourself long enough to actually piece him up you know what i mean um but i almost feel like a volk fight would like return him back to his roots and it would just be an actual shootout like that would just be so fun to watch like i don't know yeah i need that in my life yeah i think that's uh that's a that's a banger and like you said i think it's like a randomly sur- like surprising banger too because like if you go back and watch volk's previous fights like yo volk has been in some scraps dude like volk really does get down and yeah and like you said he is a bit more um he's a bit more calculated now in his approach and i think it's gonna lead to like the perfect amount of uh like calculated violence between them both because i think that's what they both operate under now is very calculated chaos and yeah i think depending on um depending on the way uh you know what is it may 9th may 7th goes i think it's may 7th uh depending on the way may 7th goes i think it's gonna be um very 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 surprising very very surprising on um, where the UFC is going to go with Alexander Volkanovsky. Because I really do think it could happen. I really, really, really do think that we could randomly get a, a Gaethje uh, Volkanovsky fight. I so, I don't know. We're just going to have to see, dude. I know. I need it. It's like the SpongeBob meme where he needs the water. Um, yeah, right, I need exactly. it. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. That just, I can't even get over that. I need that so bad, but, um, our second fight here that we can go ahead and talk about one that I do really want to talk about is, uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan and Sterling surprisingly to a lot of people won this by judge's decision. And he was active in both striking and on the ground. And it did a lot more on the ground than I thought he was going to, to be honest with you. Um, and won uh, the first three rounds with his grappling and kind of struggled in the last uh, couple rounds there and really didn't like do a lot. But according to the judges, it was enough to uh, enough for him to win. And I'm not complaining. I, I wanted him to win and he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were on opposite sides on this fight. I thought Peter Jan was going to, and like, 
Dude, credit to Aljo because he really did make me put my foot in my mouth um, uh, on last week's podcast because, like, legitimately, I thought Peter Gunn was going to fuck him the fuck up, dude. And um, Aljo put it on him, man. Now, let me tell you this, though. I still think that Peter Yan won the fight, but I will give Aljo two very dominant rounds. Uh, round two and three, Aljo dominated Peter Yan and exposed Peter Yan's weakness for sure. This is, this is, and, and mark my words, Ryan, the next time you watch Peter Yan fight, um, this is going to be the game plan and the blueprint on how to beat him. Because previous to this, there was no real thorough game plan on how to beat Peter Yan just because he's been so dominant in the UFC since he's been um, since he's been an active uh, fighter. He's been yeah. just so thoroughly dominant that you know people can't get past his his boxing and his striking, um, and even more so the few people that have tried to take him down before um, either weren't at a high high enough level like Aljo is. Um, you know, because Aljo's coming out of that Matt Serra, um, you know, Ray Longo camp with Ally Quinta, and these guys are just just straight, straight dogs, just straight wrestling, just very old school, like Eastern, East Coast grit, like wrestling mentality, just real, like, real meathead type wrestler, you know, and yes. Aljo, Aljo, like, put that real American, like, fucking Brooklyn, New York accent on, and like grabbed that Russian dude and threw him on the ground and he got that body triangle on him and did not let it go. And like, you know, I'll, I'll admit for a more casual UFC fan, you know, maybe it, it looked like a lot of, um, a lot of cuddling and a lot of, you know, like uh, just holding on the ground. But uh, once you start to watch these fights a little bit more, you understand like that it's a, uh, it's chestnut checkers. And, you know, that yeah. everything matters, especially when you're trying to keep a belt. And Aljo was able yeah. to win those two rounds, uh, two and three, thoroughly. The first round was the round that everyone's questioning because that was the most competitive one. Um, round four and five were Peter Jan's for sure. Um, but that first round, I'm going to have to go back and watch the whole thing just to um, just to confirm. But, yeah, I just thought that Peter Jan did a little bit more in that first round standing wise um you know but it was it was a pretty close it was a pretty close round regardless but that's 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 why we do it right that's why we watch them is to see how it's going to end up and yeah i mean i'll i'll admit that i'm glad that we have a blueprint on how to beat Peter young and i'll admit that i'm glad that the belt is staying in the u.s but besides that i'm not a huge aljo fan so i'll be waiting for a I'll be waiting for the uh, TJ Dillashaw fight because I think that's what's going to be next is TJ Dillashaw versus um, Aljamain Sterling for the Bantamweight belt next. Yes, I need that. I need that. That's going to be a banger too. That's going to be a banger too. Um, that's going to be the first Bantamweight fight where I hope it's a double knockout. I hope both those guys lose. I don't like TJ Dillashaw um, very much at all. Um, and yeah, I'm not the huge Aljamain Sterling fan. I probably I'll probably root for Alja to keep his belt because that's how much I dislike TJ Dillashaw. Uh, understandable. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I I agree with your point as well. I I do think the uh, first round 
was pretty competitive, um, but then Ultraman got him down enough that it sounded like they called it. And then for me, I was kind of like, you know, yelling at the screen, telling him to do something in uh, the fifth round because I felt like Jan for sure took the fourth um, and that first was very possible. I thought two and three were pretty clearly uh, Sterling, but the fifth one, I was, I felt like he needed to at least try to win it. And dude was just kind of like surviving the round and letting Jan hold him. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I thought that that might've kind of turned the tide to be honest with you um, just with Jan winning the fifth round, but it, they ended up giving him the call. I really thought it could have gone either way. Um, but yeah, Sterling did enough. Um, and so our third fight here, Kamzat Kamea versus Gilbert Burns. Honestly, there were a lot of good fights, but this was probably my favorite, I would say. Um, Kamea won by unanimous, unanimous decision uh, after a thrilling back and forth bout with both fighters landing multiple knockdowns and takedowns. Uh, first fight for Kamea to not end in a stoppage. Like, so the first one to go all the way through. Uh, and I'm a. The only thing I'm surprised about is that it was unanimous. I thought it would be closer because I thought it was a pretty even fight. Um, but, well, I say even in the sense that, like, Burns really, really hung in there. And that's what you expected of him. But I Kameyev really did, uh, I would say, lead the fight most of the time. And just, yeah, both sides put in a lot of work. Um, but Kameyev proving himself against the top tier opponent uh, for the first time in his career. And uh, I mean, if anybody was doubting that he was for real, for real, he's for real, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. This was my favorite fight of the card uh, because it was just, it was a war from beginning to end. Uh, first of all, uh, I wasn't a very big Gilbert Burns fan coming into the card. Um, and I think I even said that on last week's podcast. I was like, meh, Gilbert Burns is meh. Uh, but uh, I'm a huge fan of Gilbert Burns now. Huge fan of Gilbert Burns because there's times where, like, if you're, like, the savvy vet that they're trying to place an uppercomer against, there's times where you kind of get in, like, a um, – like, maybe I'm, like, past my prime type of thing. But Gilbert Burns said, nah, like, I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm going to show you that. Like, I'm number two in the world because I'm number two in the world. And, yeah. dude, he put it on, that boy. Like, he he not only did he survive the onslaught because Cosmo's got some crazy power and yeah. uh, some crazy wrestling. And we saw that uh, on display even more so on Saturday night. But, yeah, Gilbert Burns really decided to, like, stamp his foot as, like, a, a legit, like, nah, this is, this is the difference between me and those guys that you have fought before. And, he put it on him, made it a, a, a great back and back and forth war, uh, knocked Cosmut down, got knocked down himself. Um, there was blood, there was guts. It was it was it was it was a great fight. It was it was a legitimate great fight and it was one that got the whole place. Like we went and watched this at the Buffalo Wild Wings and it got everybody, you know, screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and so yeah. yeah, you always love you always love those fights that are just absolute bomb burners. But yeah, uh, this this fight got the UFC fan uh, bonus, which was that cryptocurrency like 
think it was like an extra 30 G's or something like that on their, uh, on their, on their uh, win. Uh, but Dana also gave Gilbert Burns his win bonus, his win, his win money as well. So you get, you know, you get um, show money and then you get a win bonus. And nice. Gilbert Burns got his win bonus as well because it was such a good fight. So um, both both guys made a little little extra money on it. Um, and yeah, they put on a classic. Um, they're also even talking about uh, redoing it as a five round fight. That's how uh, that's how good they liked it. So wow. yeah, it was a, it was banger for sure, and it definitely showed that Cosmo's ready for um, ready for the big leagues. And I think the more than like next more than likely next fight for Cosmo, um, if you believe Dana White is going to be Colby Covington, which is going to be a that's going to be a crazy fight as well. Man, I um, hope he just beats the hell out of that dude. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the problem being is that although Colby is a trash person, um, he's a great fighter. He is he's a good fighter. Yeah, he is a good fighter. Um, and so yeah, I think it's gonna be if Cosmo's able to if he's able to beat Colby, then yeah, you could he could probably fight Usman next because oh. legitimately, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, like if he's able to beat Colby, then yeah, he's he's on the same level as Usman and Colby, because those guys are like one and two um, in the division. So yeah, if he's able to beat Colby, then yeah, Cosmo's ready for Usman. Um, and then for Gilbert Burns, I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure who he'll end up fighting next. I would have to see uh, a roadmap or like you know the rankings of the welterweight division, but. I would probably say that uh, Gilbert Burns should probably take a little time off and then uh, look to come back in that, like, November, you know, when they're looking, like, for the big winter card. Um, I would look for Gilbert Burns to come back around then, get some time off with the family and the kids, and then come back for uh, another another scrap with – because you just never know who's going to be uh, – You just especially with how the UFC is, you just never know if uh, someone's going to sneak up the rankings or – you know, someone's going to need to step in for a fight, and Gilbert Burns is always down. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be looking forward to the next time Gilbert Burns fights. That's for sure. Yeah, well, it's entirely possible he fights. You know, somebody like Colby Covington or whoever the scraps are after uh, Kamzat beats him. Because, my God, dude, he's a force of nature. Uh, I I am kind of on the hype train. I'm not even going to lie to you, and uh, like. Like you said, he's he's one of those, you know, Russian wrestlers who's just ridiculous, but he's got the hands. He's really got the hands. Like, you can't even doubt that shit. And um, I, one of my favorite things, too, is that one of the first things that he said when he was doing the interviews in the uh, octagon after the fight was shouting out Gilbert Burns for the fight that he gave him and for the uh, heart that he showed in it. And uh, like, I, I, I just, I love that shit when they like show respect to an opponent and like it, it's such a competitive fight that they can't help, but be impressed by each other. You know what I mean? Like, I love right. it. Um, and I, th- I thought that was the best uh, fight in the card. I thought it had potential to be the best fight in the card going in, but it definitely by far was. Um, and uh yeah, I'll, I'll be excited to see both of their futures as well and where uh, Burns can rebound here. And then uh, 
So the fourth fight here, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Uh, Dern won by decision after a pretty tight battle. Uh, Dern holding top position longer and almost submitting Torres a couple times. Um, and Tisha Torres kind of slippery in this one, got out of a few sticky situations there. Um, but never really, I think Dern pretty much most of the time had the um, control. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, this was this was a really good fight. I, I really enjoyed this fight. Kind of lived up to um, my expectations of what I thought it was going to be. Um, this was another one of those like you know gatekeeper contender type of situations, like we talked about last week um, with Mackenzie Dern trying to you know reestablish her winning streak, get back or get back. Yeah, reestablish her winning ways against Tisha Torres and. Tisha Torres was already on a winning streak, looking to extend uh, that to four fights um, rather than lose. And it was, yeah, it was great. Um, you know, Mackenzie Dern, obviously, her game plan was going to be to try to get her down to the ground, and she was able to do that a few different ways. Um, and, I mean, one of the more, like, interesting parts of the Mackenzie Dern fight was, uh, like, I would say middle of the second round, I want to say it was, uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Dern just like flat, like flying triangles. Uh, Tisha Torres just jumped on top of her uh, while Tisha was standing up and was trying to wrestle her to the ground and eventually was trying to put her in a, like a flying Kimura, um, you know, which is pretty much twisting your, uh, your elbow behind your back. And um, yeah, yeah Mackenzie Dern was just all over um, the submissions just, once uh, she got her to the ground from that position, you know, she was switching to her leg, just trying to find anything to lock up and uh, get a hold of. And Tisha was able to survive through it and push through it. And yeah, Tisha definitely showed um, a lot of grit and determination in that fight. And she was able to, um, she was able to win some of the striking exchanges with Dern um, once she was able to keep her distance. But when Mackenzie Dern was able to stay close and kind of be on her, Mackenzie was able to kind of pepper with some heavier shots than I think the uh, Tisha was expecting. And so, yeah, but it was a really competitive fight. It was really fun to watch. Uh, both girls put a lot of heart into it. And, yeah, it was just a fun fight. Like, the, usually, um, you know, there's times where women's fights can be, you know, a little back and forth, a few punches here and there, um, really competitive. But, you know, a lot of the times they're, uh, they just get relatively drawn out. But I thought this fight was really exciting the whole time. Um, I thought there was lots of action, lots of uh, lots of reasons to be drawn to the screen. Um, you know, so yeah, I thought this was a great fight. I, I loved it. It definitely lived up to my expectations of what I thought it was going to be before uh, beforehand. You know, like we talked about last week on the podcast. Totally. Totally. And I'm kind of sad to see uh, Tisha lose as a Colorado or she's fighting out of Colorado Springs. I'm not sure if she was a native. I can't remember. But um, yeah, cool to see Dern win as well. I know you're a fan of her um, and uh, just an overall fun fight to watch. Uh, and for me, a fun fight or fun uh, introduction to both fighters as I've never watched uh, either of them before. And um, Yeah. And then our fifth fight here. Uh, Vink Pichel versus uh, Mark Madsen and Mark Madsen won by unanimous decision uh, defeating defeating Vink with mostly calf kicks and uh, grappling slash takedowns um, and yeah 
I thought this this was the opening fight of the card. I thought it was solid. This uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a replacement, right? Because the uh, Olenek uh, and Vendera fight got moved to the early prelims, or was this on the card before? Uh, no, yeah, this was. Uh, I, th- I believe that this fight was actually on the early prelims, and then it got switched out with the Olenek fight for whatever reason. Um, I still. And, you know, forgive me for I never looked into the reasoning why um, the two fights ended up switching out. But, yeah, they ended up switching switching them. Um, but, yeah, just like you said, um, this was a pretty decent back and forth uh, fight. You know, it was uh, lots of calf kicks, lots of uh, takedowns. I mean, it was pretty entertaining. It wasn't, wasn't the best fight on the card for sure. It wasn't the worst fight on the card. Um, so I definitely like the back and forth on, on this fight. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just another solid fight on, uh, a super stacked card. And I mean, from top to bottom, the card really did, uh, live up to my expectations of it. I thought the card was great. It was just, yeah. I mean, the Mickey Gall knockout, um, I think that was like the first early prelim or the first prelim. Um, Nick, yeah. Nicky Gall just laid out, just totally knocked out, unconscious. Yeah. Um, and then all the way up because this uh, the uh, Vic Michelle fight um, is what opened up the main card. And yeah, I thought it was a great way to open up the main card. You know, nice back and forth uh, fight with two gritty guys, and you know, uh, you know, Mark was able to pull it out with the unanimous decision. The unanimous decision, but yeah, that was a great fight, regardless. Was Vic Vic Michelle's mustache is hilarious? That's very true. I really like that mustache; it's pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, so, big old cowboy mustache. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, and then uh, figured we would cover the Olympic versus Vendor fight real quick, just because we talked about it uh, when we previewed it. Um, but it did get moved to the early prelims. And I, I guess I'm assuming the reason is just because they expected these uh, fights to go the way they did. You saw uh, Pichelle versus Madsen. And like you said, it, it was a pretty decent back and forth. Um, whereas Olenek versus Vandera, uh, Alexi Olenek actually won it by submission with 339 left in the opening round. So pretty quick submission. Olenek doing his thing got another win on that long, 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 long record. And um, kind of wholesome part of it. Uh, there was a little clip on social media of uh, Olenek. He, or actually Vandera, or I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Vandera, Vandera or whatever it is, but um, he came to Olenek after the fight and asked him about the move that uh, Olenek used to uh, submit him. And uh, Olenek was like, he just straight up taught him like just right there. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool of him to be, uh, you know, cause sometimes you see these guys have a little bit of kind of uh, not even really bad blood, but at least they act like it or they'll spit back and forth or whatever, but it's cool to see um, guys just be kind to one another and uh, teach each other and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. You love to see stuff like that. Plus, Alexia Olenek is definitely one of those, like, just OGs in the games that you, like, you really have to, like, thank thank any sort of, like, time you get with someone like that. Right. And, you know, for Jared Vendera, who, you know, is not, like, a super elite guy in the UFC by any means. And, 
Um, I mean, he gets in there and he gets after it for sure. But, you know, there's just different levels to this game. Um, for for him to be humble enough and to put his pride aside to go and talk to Olenek to learn how to get better. Because, I mean, that's that's all you can do, uh, not only in fighting, but in life is just figure out how to get better from some of the L's you take. And, yeah, uh, yeah and shout out to Alexi Olenek for just being a class act. Like, y'all, I mean, dude has, like, over 70 professional MMA fights. Like, it's crazy. If, if you don't got some knowledge to share, then or, – and on the other hand of that, like, if you're not asking the dude at 70 MMA fights, professional MMA fights for some knowledge, then you're probably not doing it right either. So Right. Just like um, just like your boy, Russell Wilson, I saw he moved into the same neighborhood as Peyton Manning. Yes, so, sir. I was actually thinking about mentioning it. It's like a $25 million house or something. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, he's here to stay, and I'm excited about it. Exactly, exactly. But just like, you know, just like uh, like we were just saying with Vendera, just the fact that he's willing to get in there and get that knowledge from uh, from Peyton, that's that's the way to do it. And, right. you know, Alexi Olenek being the, being the old man UFC fighter, UFC vet that he is, um, just show, and like, I did call it again. Like I thought for sure, like Alexi Olenek was going to wrap, wrap him up in something sick and end it pretty fast. And sure enough, uh, Olenek strikes again. Like there's just certain, there's certain guys you just really have to know that that's what they're going to try to do. And, Alexi Olenek is like for sure a jiu-jitsu guy, you know, till he dies. And um, yeah, if he's able to catch you in anything, he'll he'll put you out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you know, this entire card was ridiculous. Um, and kind of strange to see that fight moved around. Uh, but at least we still got to see it and it get uh, it didn't get like canceled or anything. So um Glad to see all that. And then was there any other fights that you wanted to mention on this card before we get out of here, Enrique? Um, no, I just I loved uh I loved the Mickey Gall knockout. I thought that was insane. Um one thing that I guess I will say was the Kevin Gasolin fight was definitely missed from that card. Um yeah. after we talked about it, uh Gasolin ended up pulling out of the fight, I believe, um, because he got sick. So you know, oh. the very first, yeah, his first opponent, Gaslam's first opponent, got hurt. Uh, and then a uh, second opponent was found on a few days' notice. And then Gaslam himself got sick or got hurt and was pulled. And so the whole fight was ended up uh, being scrapped. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just top to bottom, card was great. Um, obviously enjoyed uh, watching it with you, buddy, and uh, even more so, I'm, I'm I'm excited to watch uh, the Justin Gaethje card coming up, and excited to do uh, a pre uh, a pre fight uh, coverage of that, just so that way, because I mean I'll take any um, any opportunity to talk about Justin Gaethje I can, because dude is just a monster. I cannot wait for May seventh, so we can uh, so we can watch that one together too. You know it, dude. Yeah, we're going to get it together and see that. And I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast here with you um, and share our thoughts and uh, our predictions and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, and I guess that'll do us for today. 
Uh, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Mile High Flight Show, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys. <laughs>